Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the newest episode of Beyond Study Abroad, the official Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. Today we're here with uh, Samuel. Um, if you want to give us a little bit of a Notre Dame intro and tell us about yourself and the program you're currently studying in. Yeah, hey everyone. Um, so yeah, Samuel De La Paz, and I come from Siegfried Hall at Notre Dame, but currently living in Chile, <laughs> doing the Chile study abroad program. I'm originally from Huntley, Illinois, uh, about an hour outside of Chicago, and I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering. Awesome. So when applying to um, this program and applying to Santiago, like what drew you to come here? Yeah, this is a lot of really cool things that this program has. Um, first of all, uh, I just, I really wanted a program that has Spanish, speak a little bit of Spanish. My dad is from Mexico, but I, I don't speak that well. My grammar is not uh, fine-tuned. And instead of taking boring classes at, at Notre Dame, I'm sure they're great Spanish classes, but to be immersed and to use it uh, every day and to use it in the classroom, I think would just be super uh, useful for my Spanish, as well as be able to develop my Spanish for a technical career after college, to be able to work with people in other countries like Spain, Latin America. And the programs that they have, they have a program in Spain, a program in Puebla, and of course, Santiago. And in choosing between the three, I was looking between Puebla and Santiago. And what really drew me to Santiago was one, the courses. It's kind of hard to find a study abroad program other than Rome and London and Dublin for engineering majors, but La Catolica here has some really cool courses. Um, I'm actually taking one course right now, Design and Machine Elements, that's required for Mekis. And I'm also taking another course called Smart Grids for Sustainable Energy, which I think is a really awesome course and I'm super interested in. Um, then I, I really didn't know going into the program if they were gonna have these cool uh, courses. Um, also, we're staying with host families. So every time I come home, uh, my host mom is awesome. I get to have some of the food. She gets to share some of the food that she likes with me. Uh, I'm, I'm in the city, I have to take the Metro to school every day. Totally different experience than walking around campus. So these are all things that I love about the program so far. That's really cool that this program like seems to be uniquely suited to like a lot of your specific needs and desires for like a study abroad program. Like it, you know, really like the study abroad stuff at Notre Dame like has a lot to offer for like a variety of different experiences. Um, you know, one, one cool thing about the Santiago program in particular is the pre-program. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the pre-program for the Chile program. And, um, you know, what would you say was the most rewarding part of this pre-program? Yeah, great question. I only heard little things here and there from students who had gone in the past and all things positive. And having gone on the pre-program with, um, I'm here with a group of 20 other Notre Dame students. We all arrived here. We had to do a, a couple of days of quarantine, which is a little bit different, but, and then we were sent out to a few hours South of Santiago, which at first I didn't really get why we were going out there, but looking back, there's very different culture in the rural part of Chile that we were able to experience both in um, 
we were able to take a few classes and learn a lot, a lot about the culture here ahead of time. And then we got to immerse ourselves into a more rural community with host families in a different town about four hours south of Santiago. And I think my favorite part of that was, was two things. One was getting to know the other Notre Dame students, the people who want to go to Santiago, I think all bring their own unique reasons why they're here, but together it's just a really fun group of really great students and now friends. And another reason uh, that I think it was so great was that ability to immerse ourselves in a little bit into the, some of the rural culture and um, get that different taste before coming into Santiago, which is massive. It's a totally different um, environment, super busy, whereas the other one is super laid back. And it was great to spend kind of a month warming up my Spanish to get back into classes. That sounds super cool. Like I, I love the idea of living with host families and being able to like kind of come back and have a home base. But like the pre-program itself sounds really interesting and unique. I don't think a lot of people like in a variety of our other study abroad programs have like really even a comparable experience. Um, I want to move on and shift gears a little bit um, and just ask like, what classes are you taking this semester? Like, what are you studying? What are you learning about? And if you could tell us a little bit about that, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, great question. Uh, we actually, this is my second week of class right now. So um, I barely started with the material, but so far I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, the kind of a steep learning curve is hearing the professors far away with masks, uh, speaking in Spanish really fast. But other than that, uh, the students are super awesome. The classes I'm taking, like I said, I'm taking that engineering class for mechanical engineers. I'm also taking that smart grids class. Another class that I'm taking is a new class that's being offered by a professor who got her PhD from Notre Dame. She's a theology uh, professor and it's called God in Latin American Theology. And the cool part about this course is not only do we learn about the unique things that Latin America has contributed to Catholic theology, but we're also in groups doing projects with local parishes they have to do more with uh, the social side of the church's work, which I think is going to be a really cool experience. Lastly, uh, taking a Spanish course to improve not only grammar, but also learn Chilenismos or things that they only say in this country that isn't heard around other parts of Latin America. It's, it's really fun and it's great to have that to help us integrate into the culture. That's super cool. I love the idea of like being able to study like kind of Chilean Spanish as well and not just kind of your typical like um you know maybe like Spanish like Spain uh, centered Spanish uh in like a lot of typical like academic courses back in the states so that's really cool um I want to ask um what is it like living in Santiago uh compared to where you like call home back here like is like like what are the similarities what are the differences um yeah love to hear your your thoughts so since I'm I'm from the Chicagoland area, but I'm about an hour outside and I don't visit the city much. So my town where there's no public transportation. If I as a kid, if I wanted to go anywhere, I use my bike without having worried too much about cars. And, and then, you know, driving around too was no problem. Here, the city is completely different. If you want to get anywhere, the fastest way is definitely using the Metro and it's super fast. And sometimes it gets super packed too. And so you really got to squeeze your way in like a sardine, but um, that's been uh, a big adjustment. 
also using what they call micros or these buses. So you got to kind of plan your route. So you take a micro to a metro and then you get to your place and you take another micro to get to where you want to go. Uh, so it's, it's been fun the first couple of weeks. And as I've kind of gone, there's been times where the one of the lines has been down. So I have to reroute my way to school and I show up a little late. So uh, definitely getting a sense of what it's like, you know, a lot of the bonuses, but also a lot of the, I guess, hardships of using public transportation. But if I were to use my own transportation, traffic here is can get really bad uh, because there's just tons of cars. Another thing that's super different is uh, there's there's a lot of smog in the air. I think it's due to several factors, but uh, we did a hike once. They have these uh, mountains, you know, surrounding the city and even some sticking out of the city, which again, we have we don't have in Illinois. We have nothing. Um, it's all corn. And here we went to the top of one of the mountains and you could see like a thick cloud of smog in the distance, which uh, there's also the beauty of the mountains around the city and then also some of the realities of having so much air pollution. So those are all things that are very different from where I came from. It definitely yeah, it sounds like very, like a very different kind of day to day than you would get back in Illinois. Um, kind of going off of that different experience uh, of living in this foreign country, I wanted to know uh, if you could tell us a little bit about your experience living with a Chilean host family. I was really looking forward to staying with a host family, and but I, I wasn't sure what the environment was going to be like. Luckily, I got in contact with my host mom about two months ahead of arriving with her, and she was super awesome right off the bat, sending me a ton of emojis and WhatsApp stickers. And when we got together, we celebrated our first night with uh, Pisco Sour, which is it's an alcoholic drink here that's super good. I'm a fan of it, but it's really unique to Chile and Peru. And we've been, she's been super nice so far. It's just me and her, and we're in a, a small apartment in this town or in this commune, comuna called Las Condes. But she's got uh, four other kids that live in Santiago that I'll see from time to time and, you know, get to know their families as well. And uh, it's been fun to talk about things like current events with her, like the recent election of uh, recent inauguration of the new president Boric, uh, all, talking about the you know, the war in Ukraine and, and her perspective on, on it, as well as talking about things in her life and how she's experienced Chile and, and how it's changed. So those are all been really cool aspects of having a host family. That sounds super nice to have like a home base to come back to and somebody that's like obviously kind of like cool enough to want to hang out with even. Um, uh, do you have any advice for anyone who's planning on living with a host family? Yeah, I think some general advice is definitely not being afraid to start off the bat with asking kind of some ex questions about boundaries and expectations about what the role is going to be like in the house because that can be super awkward right away where maybe start a few days and you don't know, should I, should I be washing the dishes or should I be helping out more in the kitchen? And there, and along the way, even though I asked those questions ahead of time, there's still some things where I was like, well, um, you know, as, as far as food, what am I expected to provide? What am I expected to, to pay for my own or what should I, you know, rely on you to pay for because you're given, you know, a stipend from the program. Those things can be kind of, difficult but definitely just asking it they're more than help more than happy to to communicate about those things also with boundaries 
getting to know, I know I have some friends who are not sure how much time they should spend with their family and how much time they can have to themselves, do their own homework or be out with friends. These are all things that we're gonna to continue to navigate, but definitely asking the questions, uh, I think will help avoid harder feelings later on. I think that's really great advice. I think a lot of people don't necessarily first think of that when they take a study abroad uh, with host families. It's like, like, you know, when you're at home, obviously you have the same like uh, relationship dynamics of like, oh, like I'm expected to you know take out the trash or whatever, but it's different when it's like somebody you've never met before. So that's a really great advice. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Um, I do want to kind of circle back to something we talked a little bit about earlier. Um, you talk about your course uh, with like that kind of specializes in Chilean Spanish. And I know that like just like any other dialect, you know, Spanish has its own distinct features in different um, like geographical locations. And so I just want to know what your experience uh, with regards to and the use of learning uh, like Chilean Spanish was like. So you know, how does that differ from the Spanish you were taught in the classroom or like the Spanish you were taught in the U.S. or like had grown up with? And I just love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so there's a big difference between the Spanish that you use in your essays about a book that you read and the Spanish you use out on the soccer field when you're, you know, you mess up or you make a goal and you want to celebrate. It, it's hard to find words because um, when we were hanging out with just us from the Notre Dame program, we want to say things like let's go or, uh, or <laughs> heck yeah, or, you know, things similar to that. But we don't, you know, what do they say? What, how do they express themselves here? How do they say, oh, that's super cool. Or, hey, what's up? You know, or eso es super bacán. Like bacán, that's something that they say here for cool. Whereas I was taught learning Mexican Spanish, you know, chido, que padre, you know, things like that. That they don't they don't translate over here as well. Um, even just now, we I'm here with some friends cooking a we're cooking a pizza together, and even just directing ourselves in the kitchen and communicating. Uh, between things is is a much different Spanish than I think what you learn like that that conversational Spanish that's super cool and like I guess going off that like how much previous language experience did you actually have and did you feel prepared to take all your classes in Spanish and in particular a Spanish dialect that you hadn't had a ton of exposure experience to yeah so another thing with the dialect is it's not just the words they use but the manner in which they speak so a lot of times they don't say the S's at the end of words or they're just, uh, Chileans are known and, and they say this a lot for speaking very fast. Even my dad sometimes, he, he says he'll watch comedians in Spanish and he won't understand what they say. And my experience beforehand, I had the, the experience of talking to my family in Spanish, but again, talking to older adults, like my aunts, uncles, and my dad is much different than talking to people my age. So they also use completely different slang and different ways of talking. But in the classroom, that's a little more formal, while uh, it's, it's been a lot easier to adjust to that after having the month of the pre-program and adjusting to hearing Spanish all the time. Uh, I also have my phone out with Spanish dict uh, pulled up. So especially in the engineering classes, when they're saying, um, like I learned the other day that Viga is beam, I think. You know, I just didn't make that connection until I was able to look it up. So it's it's a mix of having some experience that has helped me, but also learning on the, learning on the spot. Well, you know, that's like a really um, 
like great suggestion to have that like Spanish resource tool with you. And I guess like going off of that, do you have any suggestions for students to like improve their language skills prior to the semester abroad or just like to help them adapt to this new, um, you know, like language immersion program? So we had the opportunity the semester before, um, there was a program called Talk To Me where it partnered uh, Notre Dame students with Chilean students who wanted to practice their English and Notre Dame students who wanted to practice their Spanish. If you could find a program like that, uh, or even a friend on campus who you know speaks Spanish, but um, I, like I had, I had some friends, international friends who definitely speak Spanish, they're from Latin American countries, but uh, it was also, for me, it was weird to be like, hey, like, can we speak in Spanish? Because, you know, I want to practice. Uh, but a lot of times they're super for it. They're like, yeah, totally. Uh, I'd love to help you practice. If you could do that with a friend on campus or find another program online, I think that's a great way to just get into it. Uh, get kind of comfortable with making mistakes, I think, is another huge thing. And not being afraid to, to be corrected, because that's the best way to learn. And that's what's going to, building that confidence will help tremendously arriving here in Chile. Because even though you think you learn your Spanish, you're going to have to learn to learn Spanish. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. It sounds really rewarding. Um, kind of like on like the, I guess like, you know, funny side of like a lot of those interactions. Uh, have you had like any miscommunications or like maybe the less fun side, but like encountered any difficulties due to a language barrier? There's definitely been so many times where uh, some, like someone, an official or a, uh, like a guard at the Metro or just today as we were coming to our friend's apartment, uh, this guy was asking us for something like, it was, he was asking us for the apartment number, but we couldn't understand him because he, he just said it so fast, like something like that, just super, super fast, kind of low. And we're like, oh, sorry, what was that? Oh. And, and uh, just kind of going back and forth. It, it, can, it can be kind of tough or, or even you know, humiliating when you can't understand what they're saying. Um, you have to ask so many times, but. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean, like that, like, like you already feel like ah oh, like I couldn't hear you the first time it's like it's just like this compounding like oh gosh I'm sorry can you put it one more time one more time yeah um, <laughs> well I will I, say I, that's funny because when when we're like in the class of, of theology there's like 13 of us uh mm -hmm. with Chilean students and they'll we'll ask for their names and some names uh, we feel so bad like oh I didn't catch that the first time like like I even one of my one of my friends that I just met his name is Atilian and he's like, yeah, just call me Ati. But I had to ask him a few times for that. But then what I find funny is when they ask for our, our names, like I, I have a friend, Bill, and this happened yesterday in class. He's like, yeah, my name is Bill, or me amo Bill. And they're like, well, what? And it, it was the same way going back, which I, a name I thought was so common. It can take someone else a hard time to learn to, so. I never really even thought of that. Like, that is so weird. Like, just like names that we consider like super normative. Like, oh, like what, Bill, huh? I guess moving uh, back to some of these questions, I just, I'm curious, you said you're kind of at the front end of like the actual academic part of your program, but I wanted to know, are you planning on traveling within Chile at all at any point during the semester? Yeah, so Chile has a lot of really cool places. Uh, I mean, if, if you don't know too much about the country, there's super thin uh, on the west side of the South American continent uh, and on the on the west is the coast that you got, you know, beaches all along the coast. And on the, I think I said the west. On the west is the coast. On the east is the Andes mountain range. And 
So there's, there's a ton of beautiful places to visit. In the north, you've got the Atacama Desert. In the south, you've got Patagonia. So all within there, there's parks and national parks and little towns here and there that are great places to visit. Well, one of our, like a small group from our group last weekend went to Viña del Mar and Valparaíso, which is pretty close to uh, Santiago, but Valparaíso is known for its super colorful homes right by the, the shore. And Viña del Mar is known for their beaches and they had a blast there. Uh, last weekend, I was able to go with a, a few other friends to go hiking. We did like a quick little two day backpacking trip and we were able to see a glacier uh, in one of the mountain ranges. And it was absolutely beautiful getting to camp out there. And then we have a planned trip in April for this place called Torres del Paine, which uh, if you don't know about it, definitely look it up. There are these giant, beautiful mountains and you can do a, a backpacking trek just along the base of the mountains and, and even climb up to get some cool views. I think that's going to be a great time. It's definitely going to be a challenge. We're going to be eating lots of peanut butter and, and nuts and dried fruit, I think, but it's definitely going to be worth it. Hopefully we'll make it to the north to the Atacama Desert sometime. That all sounds so fun. And I am not going to lie. I am very jealous after hearing that. That sounds like such a like fun, like kind of list of things you're going to get to do this semester. Super excited for you. We're getting towards the end of this interview and obviously COVID has impacted a lot of study abroad. And I actually, you know, in planning for this, we realized that you were part of the first group of students coming to the Santiago program since spring 2020. So obviously been a while. And so I wanted to know, like, can you tell us at all about the current social and political state of affairs in Chile? You know, obviously the new president, like you were talking about uh, the drafting of a new constitution and also just like after the pandemic, like what, what is the pulse on Chile right now? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of my friends, I wasn't able to go, but a lot of my friends were able to go to the inauguration. Well, not the actual inauguration, but there was kind of a, a march, uh, kind of a parade where he was driving into the city along a road and there was a ton of people outside um, all welcoming him in. And it's been really cool to kind of hear the, the division that exists here. I, well, another friend mentioned this, that, you know, we realized there's so much polarization in the United States, but there's also a lot of polarization here in Chile between, um, I guess, the two sides, the right and the left. Uh, so it's been really cool to see how that's been different from the US. And although it exists, there's a lot of hope for the new president. Um, with the new constitution too, there's a lot of hope, but there's also, um, you know, as it's been going on for a, while, a little bit now, there's been a lot of people coming out saying that it's kind of been disappointing what's been going on and what they've been able to actually accomplish versus what they wanted to accomplish. There's also the, the I think it was the 8th of March was International Women's Day and there was a giant women's march that uh, a lot of the women from the program went and participated in. And there's a, I think Chile is kind of known for their protests. They, everyone from high school age, maybe even younger and on, uh, gets involved. And it was really cool to see a lot of people come together for that day. As far as COVID, definitely things are loosening up. This is the first semester since COVID that La Catolica, where I'm going to school, is in person. And so all these students are super happy to be back. These professors are super happy to be back when we were able to experience that fall of 2020. And I can, while I think something that's really interesting is barely you see anyone with a mask under the nose. Everyone just kind of has it on, you know, no problem. Uh, but 
you know, people are definitely being a little bit more lax, going out to see their family a lot more, trusting uh, a lot more people. I think Chile, for having two doses, they're above 80%, maybe even above 90%, um, with everyone having the vaccine. And many people have already had the third dose, with the fourth dose coming on the, its way very shortly. So the uh, things are definitely opening up within the country, and it's exciting to kind of be a part of that as the country moves forward here. I think it's incredible that you're getting to like be in this country in such like a very like I don't know that adapt is the right word but like this so much history is happening right around you for this country and to be in them but think of it has got to be like super interesting um you know we have one more question for this interview I want to thank you for being on here um but before I let you go um I want to ask what advice would you give to future study abroad students considering Chile Yeah, I would say if you're considering Chile, if you want to be pushed out of your comfort zone, if you want to be challenged, if you want to see some very beautiful mountains, and if you want to get to know some really awesome Notre Dame students that you might not have met on campus, and you're, you've got a hunger for adventure, I think that this program can be the one for you. Um, it was definitely not easy to get the program to work for me in my academic schedule. And so my other point is don't be afraid to ask. The worst that they can say is no. If that's getting a course approved for your major or figuring out uh, maybe alternatives, uh, plans of study in order to make it work for you, I highly recommend asking. And because you could be a pioneer for your major, you could be a pioneer for your minor, whatever it may be. Uh, I think that, uh, things can't be possible. And so don't, don't be afraid to ask. Well, yeah. And like Notre Dame is like, does a really good job, especially with study abroad of like trying to make it accessible to everybody they can. So that's, that's great to hear that there's like an, an option and you just have to be, you know, bold enough to ask. Um, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, this has been a really great interview. I really appreciate you spending the time to talk to me about this. Um, it's clear that you love this program. And I mean, I'm super jazzed about it now and I would love to, get to visit, uh, you know, Chile someday. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks, Sam, for having me. It's been great talking to you and kind of sharing my kind of short experience, but already super full of about one month of pre-program and two weeks of classes. I love the podcast. I love your radio show. <laughs> Huge fan. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, thank you for listening in. Thank you for uh, being here. Um, and I'll let you go, but thanks, thanks for coming on. All right, thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Beyond Study Abroad, the official Notre Dame Study Abroad podcast. Tune in two weeks for our new episode and make sure to follow our social pages for more study abroad content.